Well, obviously, uh, you can tell that the scene has changed. Uh, the background is real. This is not a green screen. And there's no telling what you might hear. There could be dogs, there could be lawnmowers, there could be airplanes. Um, I'm sitting on the front porch of my house right now. The reason being uh, because I'm not feeling well. Um, so I'm doing this from home because I want to be safe for everyone that might be at the church. Music literally happened at the church. Um, but this part is happening from my home. So you gotta love technology, gotta love what you're able to do with technology. But I am happy to be here. I'm happy to join with you today. I love our worship. I love our music. I love what comes out of this house. I love all of you who are watching right now. Those who I've met, those who I have not met. I'm so thankful that you have tuned in today to the Rock of Central Florida to be a part of what the Father is doing right here among this house. We are very blessed and He has really honored us in so many ways. And in the middle of all that's going on, we're happy to still be able to gather and so honored that you are tuning in to watch us live today. Please share this video right now. Take just a moment and share it. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook, you're watching on YouTube, on the website, Go ahead, quickly share this with somebody, invite them to join you as you watch uh, online, and I appreciate that very much. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. You'll always be notified when we have a live service coming up, and you'll always be current with what's going on at The Rock. So thank you very much again for everything that you're doing. But I want to jump right into what the Word is today and what Holy Spirit is speaking to me. For the last several weeks, I've been teaching, as well as having Archie Phillips teach one week, on the subject, lawless living, and each week has represented a different subject within that series title. The first week, I talked about the circumstances uh, of lawlessness. It was the groundwork uh, for law uh, was in the sin of Adam. That's where law had to find its place because of the sin of Adam. In the second week, Archie Phillips taught us about seeing things differently or looking at lawlessness from a different perspective. Then last Sunday, I taught you, again it was a live stream, but I taught you about the provision or the provision for restoration to lawless living was found in the second Adam who restored to us the original intent. And today, I want to wrap all of this up in one service to help you understand anything that you might not. Um, I want it to be clear. I want uh, there to be no confusion. So let's begin. First of all, what is lawlessness? Lawlessness is simply that part of us, that part of man, or at least the way that we've received it, is that part of man that doesn't live by law. He breaks the law. Um, and to answer, is it a bad thing to be lawless? It can be a bad thing to be lawless. But it can also be a good thing. We'll talk about that. And aren't laws safe? Well, laws are very safe for those who require laws to do the right thing. So when we hear the word lawless, we associate it with bad behavior. But should it be? Not necessarily. 
Living a lawless life is not a life without order. It is simply a life that is dependent upon a relationship with God, a relationship that is built on both faith and trust. Let me say that again because I really want you to get this this morning because it's very important to understand what lawlessness is. Living a lawless life is not a life that is without order. It is simply a life that is dependent upon a relationship with Yahweh God. It is a relationship that is built on faith and trust. So today, the series again is wrapping up this morning with the subject, the answer. So I want you to do something with me. I want you to imagine a life where law is not necessary and you do not live with a constant awareness of what the laws are. Imagine that. Again, imagine a life where law is not necessary and you and I do not live with a constant awareness of what the laws are. We are bombarded every day with what is legal and what is not, with what is right and what is wrong. We're made aware when we keep the law and we're made aware when we break the law. So this is where we are today, but imagine a life where you do things without first considering, is it lawful or is it not? If I do this, am I right or am I not right? Imagine a life where you simply lived and your living reflected all that is good, all that God intended for you and I to do in our living without framing it within the restrictions of laws that have been written. So instead, because you are filled with the goodness of God and desire what He desires, you live above the law. Let me say that again. Because you are filled, if you have received Jesus Christ and you have a relationship with Yahweh God, you are filled with the goodness of God and should desire what He desires, and if so, you can live above the law. So, let's talk about this. First, let's look at the perspective of being free, as Scripture states it, free from the law of sin and death. But before I do that, I want to share with you a little story. Um, my spiritual father, who passed away a couple of years ago, but was an incredible man, loved God, Nolan Ball, Apostle left Nolan Ball in Panama City. An amazing man that loved the Lord with all of his heart, all of his, I mean, literally he gave himself uh, for the work of the Lord. And he used to say something that I have said many times over since I heard him say it the first time. And I want to share what he said with you and then I want to explain it. Anytime a discussion would come up about what the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do would be, he would always respond by saying, 
let's do this. If we have to question whether it's right or wrong, let's fly above the radar. Let's fly above the radar instead of flying below the radar. See, the idea being that in war, if the planes or the missiles can stay below the radar, they are not detected. The enemy will not know that they are present. So they can sneak in and, and do what they do if they could stay below the radar. But anytime you fly above the radar, you know exactly where everything is. The enemy's aware of where you are. Not just the enemy, both the enemy and the friendly are very aware. Everything's out in the open. There's nothing hidden. You are coming in. You are completely exposed because you have nothing to hide. And that is exactly what Nolan Ball was referring to in flying above the radar. He said, if we have to make a decision whether this is right or wrong, let's fly above the radar because we have nothing to hide. Anytime we are attempting to fly below the radar, it's because we have something that we feel like needs to be hidden. But I'm going to ask you, in the kingdom of God, if we're living a righteous life and we are in right relationship with the Father, is there a need to hide anything at all? Isn't it a better way to live when there are no secrets that can be exposed, that could say something about us that we don't want known? Isn't it a better place to be when we have no lies to protect? Isn't it better when we fly above the radar and in flying above the radar, what we've done is we've said, there's nothing to hide. I don't need a law. I don't need restriction. I don't need to try to uh, be secret about anything. I'm going to be wide open because everything in me is good. Whatever is present in me, it is right. I've done everything I know to do to be vulnerable without fear. Isn't that a better place to be? This is flying above the radar, and this is the kind of life we can live when we live a life that is free from the law of sin and death. So let me read to you from Romans chapter 8, verse 2. In the English Standard Version, it reads like this. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ. Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Let me say first, our lawless option is only present when we have received and have a relationship with the Son of God who is Jesus Christ. He is the judgment against our dependency upon law. 
He is the final word that releases us from the judgment of law, which has a fruit of sin and death. That's good news. So, let me show you something. There was a law in the beginning, but should, that law should have been unnecessary. Let's go back to the first Adam. Very quickly, Yahweh told Adam, Yahweh wanted relationship with Adam, that's all he wanted, was relationship, to walk with him in the cool of the day, to commune with Adam. And he said to Adam, there are two trees. One tree is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. One tree is the tree of life. The tree of life, you have access to. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, stay away from it. Now, that was, would probably be considered to the in the mind of man, a word to avoid a particular tree in the garden would probably be received as a law. So let's say, hypothetically, that is the first law. The very first law was stay away from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The problem with that idea is it wasn't a law. It was not a law at all. It was instruction. It was guidance from a father, albeit heavenly father, the only father Adam knew. And it was instruction. Here's a way, Adam. Walk in it and it will be good. At that point, in Adam's mind, before he ever ate of that fruit, he had no concept of what was right and wrong. He just knew, that's my dad. These are instructions my father's giving me. He would, there's no consideration about breaking that connection, that communication, that trust, and that faith. Until he was convinced by Satan, by the serpent, by the enemy, by the Antichrist, when he was convinced that there was something within that fruit that would make him aware of all things, until he was convinced of that, there was no law. But that fruit did exactly what the serpent, what the enemy, what the Antichrist said it would do, and that is it suddenly made him aware now I didn't know there was a law. Now I'm aware I broke the law because the fruit of breaking that law is I recognize I am naked and I recognize I cannot hear my father's voice. Where is my father's voice? And when the father said, Adam, where are you? Adam was hiding because there was an awareness now of law that was, but it did not apply to Adam. And that began the relationship with a father that we have had for generations and everything has changed. So that began the relationship. That began the existence of an awareness that now there is right and there is wrong. And now rights and wrongs are no longer going to be measured by my relationship with a father. It's going to be measured by the knowledge of man, the knowledge of the enemy, the knowledge of darkness and evil that exists that's suddenly been implanted. When Adam ate of that fruit, he received into himself the seed of evil, the ability to do bad, the ability to do evil. Before he ate of that fruit, he did not have the ability. He had not received of the seed of evil. He had not received of the seed 
of law. He had not received yet the seed of unrighteousness. But when he received that fruit, he received the need for law. He received the seed of evil. And that began the journey where there needed to be an answer to bring us back to that place before Adam ate of that fruit. Because law is required when we refuse to hear the voice of God. The moment we refuse to hear His voice, His voice will always lead us to law and it will never violate the law. God's voice to Adam, don't eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, did not violate any law. It came alongside it, but what Adam saw before he ate the fruit was only the voice. After he ate the fruit, he saw God's voice and he was aware that God's voice also applied to a law. He saw something in two dimensions that should have only been seen in one. He suddenly found that he built a wall between the heavenly and the earthly. And ever since that time, the Father's been trying to find sons to again join heaven and earth together in its proper place. This is where, where lawless living is. The need for law is the evidence of the first Adam's presence in our lives. And if we need law, listen to me, if you and I need law to make the right choice or to do the right thing or not do the wrong thing, if we need law to do this, I can tell you there is a need in you and me for a second Adam filling. We need to come back to the second Adam who is Jesus Christ and say, when you fulfilled law, when you fulfilled the prophets, I need you to fulfill that in me. The need for laws in my life is an indication that I need to again revisit my relationship with Christ and hunger for my relationship with Him and find my righteousness in Him not my righteousness because I do the right things. I want to do the right things because I have relationship with Christ. I don't want to do the right things and measure that because I kept all man's laws. Am I making sense? This is where the Father wants to take us, into the kind of relationship where everything we do, we do because it's right by Him not because it's right based on a law that was formulated because someone violated a rule at some point in time. I really hope you are getting what I'm saying. So what happens when we become more aware of the significance of the voice of God than we do of the laws that govern us? Change comes. Change comes. Healing comes. When I'm aware that the Father has desires for me that the law can't meet? See, the law, there's no law written that can get me to the fullness that the Father created me, that the Father created me for. There's no law. But if I listen to the voice of God, He will direct my steps in such a way that with every word He speaks, with every unction in me by Holy Spirit, 
Everything He says and does, if I will listen to His voice, that voice will continually lead me to the fullness of purpose. While the laws exist, I'm not aware of the laws because that's not what governs me. Instead, the voice of God governs me. And where the voice of God governs us, as I said a few moments ago, where His voice governs us, you don't even have to be concerned with the law. See, if Adam had listened to the voice of God, the law to stay away from the tree, he would have never been aware of. He only became aware of it because he didn't listen to the voice. I'm saying this to you too, and to me. If we will listen to the voice of God, however He speaks to you, when you read the Scripture, when you listen to, listen to me preach, by the unction of Holy Spirit, through a song that ministers to your heart, however the Father speaks to you, I want to tell you, if you will listen to the voice of God, laws become irrelevant. And that puts you in a place of lawlessness. His voice will never be in conflict with the law but should come to a place where it supersedes the law because His voice will always put the law in its place, which is where it should be. The law should find itself under the authority of the voice of God, not the voice of God finding itself under the authority of man's law. Do you hear me today? So. Now, let's move on to the next point I want to make today, that law is the, only the substitute until the original is restored. Law, for us, has been a substitute until the restoration of the original intent. I want to read to you out of Galatians chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 15 through 21, and it reads like this. Brothers and sisters, let me take an example from everyday life. Just as no one can set aside or add to a human covenant that has been duly established, so it is in this case. We can't add to it, can't take away from it. The promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Scripture does not say, and to seeds, meaning many people, but and to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. Paul said, what I mean is this, the law introduced 430 years after the promise, does not set aside the covenant previously established by God and thus do away with the promise. In other words, the laws that came four centuries after the promise of God to Abraham that nations would come up in his loins that would honor the Father, the laws do not supplant the promise. For, verse 18, for if the inheritance were to depend on the law, then it no longer depends on the promise. But God in His grace gave, the pro gave this to Adam, uh, Abraham through a promise. Why then was the law given at all if it has no jurisdiction over the promises of God? It was added because of transgressions until the seed to whom the promise referred had come. The law was given through angels and entrusted to a mediator. A mediator, however, implies more than one party. 
but God is one. Is the law, therefore, opposed to the promises of God? Absolutely not. For if a law had been given that could impart life, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. But Scripture has locked up everything under the control of sin, so that what was promised, being given through faith in Jesus Christ, might be given to those who believe. A law, it is a life that is free from the law of sin and death. It is access to the original promise that we, we, we can walk with God. You and I can walk with God. We can have the kind of lawless relationship, or better said, we can have the kind of relationship with God that does not require laws to maintain that relationship. But in lawlessness, we can know Him because we hear His voice, we receive from Him, and we allow His words to change us. Let's refer back to verse 19. Why was law given at all? It was added because of transgressions of men. Until, until, back to that word until, great series. Until the seed to whom the promise referred had come. Jesus Christ was the seed of Abraham. He was the seed, the seed to whom, of whom would come to release us from the law. The law was given by angels and trusted to a mediator, and it is opposed to the, is it opposed to the promises of God? No, but not purposed by the Father. The laws are not purposed by Him. It is relationship with the promise, Jesus Christ. Relationship with the Son of God, Yeshua the Christ, that enables you and me when we build that relationship, we anchor ourselves in that relationship. It is through the promise of Christ that you and I can live a lawless life. We will do the right things when our relationship with Christ is right. Law is the path for the disobedient, but His voice is the path for the obedient. Law is the path for those that say, I'm not going to listen to your voice, Father. I'm going to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I'm going to find out for myself. I'm going to find out for myself. Law is for that person that has to just find out for themselves. But his voice is the path. Lawlessness is the path for the obedient. So, where are the people of his possession? Seems like a left turn right there, but it's not. Let's see. Where are the people of God's possession? I'm asking you today. Where are the people willing to live a lawless life? Let me read Titus chapter 2, verse 14 out of the New American Standard Bible. It says, Jesus Christ gave himself for us to redeem us 
from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good deeds. That should be your story and that should be my story. Jesus Christ gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. A lawless deed is measured by our inability to keep laws that were never intended for us. Again, a lawless deed is measured by our inability to keep laws that were never intended for us. We attempt to do that every day. We were not made to have to keep law. We were made and created to hear the voice of God. Like the first Adam, law is for those unwilling to walk within the righteousness of God's voice or instruction. But for you and me, the second Adam came to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for Himself, you and me, to claim us as His possession in the hope that we would be zealous, zealous and passionate for good deeds. The law should not be required to govern us. The voice of God literally should be all that it takes to govern those who have received His Son, Jesus Christ, and that is you and me. I want to give you a few words to live by as I wrap this up this morning. One, repent today where it's necessary. If you have required law, if you can't keep the law, if you're always trying to sneak under the radar, if you're always trying to live behind a facade of uh, unreality, it's not real, but you're trying to portray something that you really aren't, be real, repent, get it right, live by the voice of God. The second word to live by, honor the instruction of the Lord. What He says to you, what you know in your heart to do, the right that you know to do, do it. And then the third word to live by, trust Holy Spirit and be zealous for good works, the kind that come without scrutiny. Be the kind of person that honors the Father in such a way that it's without scrutiny. No one can come and say, oh, but, oh, but this, oh, but that. Certainly we're human. Certainly there's a little bit of Adam still in us and it's revealed every time we need a law to make the right choice. But our pursuit is to get beyond the law and to be a lawless people. A people that do not require law because of the depth of relationship that we have with the Father. I bless you today. I thank you for listening and being a part of this series, Lawless Living. I hope you will go back and listen to each one again and again. Because within the words of each of these messages, there is life. There is a way, there is a pathway for you and me to grow in our relationship with the Lord. Let's seek Him first. 
Let's not let laws determine what's right and wrong. It's always better when the voice of the Lord directs our paths and shares and shows us what is right and what is not right. So what do you do now? I want to encourage every single person who is watching today, if this is your first time, second time, third time, whatever it might be, but you haven't been watching or listening long, would you please go to the rockofcf.org slash new hyphen here and would you please fill out that card and let us know that you are here. We really want to know that you are a part of what it is the Father's doing at the Rock of Central Florida and we hope that you will come again soon. And I want to pray for you today and I want to pray for everyone watching. Father, I lift my voice and I pray for every single person watching and listening today. Fill our minds and our spirits today with a passion to know you. Help us today to overcome our insecurities, to overcome those places in us that want to do wrong instead of right. Help us today to acknowledge that we need you to grow. We need you. We need the righteousness of God in us so that we can be the righteousness of God in the earth. Help us today, Holy Spirit. For those that need to repent, I pray today that you will make it easy for them to make that decision today. For those of us that today might be doing it right, but tomorrow might miss a step, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will always make us aware of when we need to repent and get it right. We honor you and we bless you. And Father, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I want to uh, encourage you to tune in again next Sunday. We'll be live stream only. We will not be meeting in the building again next week. But we're beginning a new series called Monday Morning. It is going to be fantastic. Invite people to watch with you. Share this service. Share these messages with your friends on your social media everywhere. Help us in, you can help us in so many ways. Go to Google. Review the Rock of Central Florida. Leave a great review. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you search us on YouTube, you'll find us. Subscribe to that. Share our YouTube channel with everybody you can. Share it on social media. Share it with your friends at work, wherever you are. Share our YouTube channel. Share our Facebook page. Invite people to join with you. Create a, a watch room where you can all watch the services together. I encourage you, watch over and over. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, follow us on Instagram. We want to help you, and we're asking you to help us. The kingdom of God is forever increasing. And my prayer is that as we minister these words to you, that the kingdom of God is increasing within you. Let's change the earth. That's what He made us for. That's what He created us for. That's why His breath is in us. Let's be faithful to that. I love you. I bless you. Have an amazing, healthy, strong, righteous, lawless week. Amen.